how you doing before we get started? I'm doing pretty well, man. Work was busy, so it went by pretty fast. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, welcome to the People versus Happiness. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. By we, I actually mean just me, which is the first thing that I want to address. Uh, Anderson is not with me today, and that does not mean that Andy is not going to be a part of episodes in the future. But I just came to a realization as something happened in Andy's life and he needed some time. Uh, And he's also just a busy guy in general, and it's kind of hard to get him and a guest in the same place at the same time. And there are a lot of people that I want to talk to that don't live close to us as well. Kind of came to the conclusion that I want to start having some different conversations, different types of conversations, and use kind of technology to be able to to do that quicker and get more smaller pieces of content out as kind of the continuing dialogue with several different individuals as opposed to just one really long conversation in one sitting. So that brings me to the guest for today, which is Brandon Full. Brandon and I have a history that goes back to, uh, I guess, high school. Um, And I will kind of kick it over to Brandon to introduce himself a little bit and talk about uh, our topic for today, which is writing. That is something that brings both of us happiness. So, Brandon, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I want to say, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm glad you agreed to do this. So, as far as, uh, why, don't, why don't you just kind of give a little bit of your background and, and how we know each other, uh, and then we'll kind of get into the topic of the day. Okay, well, my name's Brandon Full. I've known you, man, it's been 15, 20 years now. Yeah, about 20, I think. That's crazy. Since high school, we used to hang out all the time. I remember going over to your parents' house, having some late nights. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember making crank calls. Do you remember those? <laughs> uh, ones that we recorded yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely i believe we somewhere still exists a burnt cd of like a compilation of our bests <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> we should we should see if we could get our hands on that <laughs> that would be great yeah <laughs> so yeah we used to hang out all the time um you weren't in marching band or anything which was kind of my deal but we yeah. had a lot of mutual friends yeah, absolutely. And that's something that's interesting. I, we went to the same same high school in Williamstown, West Virginia, um, but I did not start going there until 10th grade. However, um, particularly uh, Logan and Jordan Schwindeman, um, I've known them since, I mean, maybe I was, I don't know, seven or something along the lines of that. That's kind of, I think, where the beginning of our shared friendships kind of came from them and me meeting Ryan Brown and getting in, involved in that group. But do you, do you agree? You knew the Schwinnemans pretty well, right? Oh, yeah. I played Magic with them all the time. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought, which is actually a topic that I do want to discuss with you at a later time. Uh, I've got several things, including maybe even one of the more longer-form episodes that I want to sit down and, and talk to you about. So, again, I'm hoping this can be the first of, of several conversations. But let's go ahead and, and get into uh, the topic of the day, which is writing. So writing is something that absolutely has always made me happy. I wanted to make a career out of it. However, that is probably one of the most difficult things to actually make money at. You know, starving artists for sure. My first major in college was creative writing. 
I realized that there's no money in that. Um, so my second major was journalism, which at the time, you know, early 2000s, that wasn't uh, the, the, the industry hadn't changed quite as much, obviously, as it has now. And that was still a possibility of going and getting a job at a newspaper and working a beat and those kind of things. And that was kind of what I was thinking. Um, I went into you know, writing and producing my own independent films, trying to write small, write and, and independently produce small comic books, all kinds of different things that I tried. And, and unfortunately, when you're doing these kind of things independently and you don't have a budget, you're relying on the kindness of others. And those things tend to fizzle out very quickly as a result. So none of that really came to any fruition except for a couple really embarrassing short films. Which I would love to see at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you can see one now. I'm not going to talk about it right now on the on the podcast, but later I'll tell you. There's one on YouTube that you can see that's it's thoroughly embarrassing, but I'll, I'll tell you about <laughs> that later. <laughs> but what about you, man? What's what's your other than you know writing poems and, and short stories and, and things here and there that I do just for fun? That's kind of my relationship with writing up to this point. What is your relationship with writing, and why does it bring you happiness? Well, I've wanted to be a writer for a long time. Um, ever since elementary school, I would write my own stories. I would write comic books especially. And writing comic books has been something that's been a dream of mine for a long time. But like you said, sometimes those things kind of fizzle out. I've tried writing comic books and getting people involved in them multiple times. And it's just hard to get the cohesion together to yes. actually get something created. So I decided to kind of branch off on my own, and I've been working on a book. Mm. And that's been bringing me all kinds of happiness, just sitting down and getting to focus on writing something and having a plan in mind and actually seeing this plan come to fruition. Right, right. So tell me uh, what, as much as you're comfortable, what, what's the book you're working on? Um, the book is basically a sci-fi comedy. Um, I want to do it kind of in the style of Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's mm -hmm. Guide to the Galaxies mm -hmm. author. And it's about a mercenary who's been abandoned on a planet by his other group of mercenaries because of a job that went wrong. And it's a real backwoods, terrible, swampy planet, and he's trying to make his way off of this planet. I see. Yeah, it's interesting that you definitely, when you say Douglas Adams, I read just that snippet that you put, I believe you put it on Facebook the other day. And not three sentences into it, I'm like, wow, this has a real hitchhiker uh, Douglas Adams vibe to it for sure. And by the time I was done reading it, absolutely. And that had solidified that, that voice is coming through very clearly that that is a good influence on, on your writing. Um, and then as soon as I went into the comics, I think the very first person said the, the exact same thing. Uh, so that came across loud and clear, but not, not in like a ripoff kind of way. And not like you're trying to speak in the voice of the, of, of the guide itself. Uh, but certainly an homage is there. So I'm, I'm interested to, to read more once you've kind of get through and complete that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. That was one of my fears is that I was coming off more as a ripoff than as an homage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think it comes across that way. It, it's clear. I mean, obviously I, I wasn't alone in, in, in seeing it immediately. Um, but also, Douglas has been dead for how many years? Obviously not not writing anymore. There's an entire generation of people, really two generations of people that really love his work. And there's no one else that has ever come along and, and really filled that hole, that gap that he left. So, you know, why not? Um, 
again, not being a ripoff, of course, but why not uh, step in and kind of give life back into that style of writing? Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more in detail. I, I currently don't have any writing projects. I've I've been talking, even Beth and I were talking the other day that I, I need a creative outlet. I need something to do. This podcast has sort of filled that a little bit, but I've had frustrations in trying to, again, get as much contact content out as possible and get it up and running um, but it still allows me to have some kind of creative outlet is is that what you feel like you need do you feel like there's a voice inside of you that you have to put on paper or that you have to 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 put into some kind of creative format what why write what what makes you happy about it I just like you said I have this need to create and I've had this my entire life whether it be art or writing or doing a podcast which I'm sure I'll plug at the end here. Oh yeah, please do. Um I've always had this need inside of me to create and for the longest time I was feeling very unhappy uh with the situations that were going on in my life surrounding certain things. Hmm. And I realized that I needed something I needed an outlet to take that unhappiness and funnel it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that's where writing has taken me. Mm. You know, I think it's interesting that you always hear that some of the most tortured souls are the best writers. Uh, You know, there are a lot of alcoholic writers and there are a lot of depressed writers and some of them create some of the most beautiful imagery with their words. And I can think of when I was younger and it was more angst than it was depression or anything, but you know how, how you are when you're young, you just feel like everything's against you in the world's dark place and you you against everything. Um, I I had that angst for sure. And part of that was what I years later called my muse, which was that I had an almost constant voice in my head. It was clearly my voice, not like a schizophrenic type of situation or anything, but it almost went on its own without me really having to lead it. I could nudge it and I could control it. I could move in the right direction, but there were literal words that would go through my head. And that, that took the form of poetry a lot. I'd be at work. I used to, to serve tables at a restaurant in uh, in Durham, North Carolina. I could think of in particular, there was probably when it was the strongest where I would have to stop what I was doing and go get a piece of paper and just write down. And I could write down a couple, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe like 10 lines of, of poetry that just came out of me. And granted, poetry is not one of those things that you really want to go and sh- share with other people because I think a lot of people get really annoyed with when a poet comes up and is like, oh, look at this, look at this. And it's kind of, <laughs> uh, kind of patting themselves on the back in that, in that form, I think. But that muse, as I got older, that voice quieted and went away. But I think it's still kind of the same thing that I still have that drive to get something out of me, um, which I know I was kind of all over the place there. But kind of speak to that. Do you feel like you've had that that literal voice and that muse inside of you? Is that part of it? Yeah, it's going back to just talking about trying to funnel this creative energy into something. This is a story, I mean, as silly as it sounds, because it's it's just a silly story when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that I feel like I need to get out. You know, there's the saying that everybody has one book inside of them. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that I have multiple books inside of me. But as it stands now, I'm trying to just go for one. And I'm constantly thinking about it. I'm constantly hearing, like you said, that voice, that muse. 
that's constantly telling me, hey, this might be a good idea. You should write this down or this might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to separate whether that's the muse or whether that's just your own subconscious and whether you want to really separate those two, you know? Right. Whether yeah. you're giving power to something by saying that's my muse, I feel like you're almost selling yourself short by saying, well, I didn't think of it. It was this kind of third party that lives inside of me that came up with it. Yeah, that that is interesting. The the concept of a muse that, that some people take absolutely 100 percent literal, that the universe is funneling some kind of thought and process through you uh, as opposed to it just being who you are and the way that your brain works at any given time and, and other uh, environmental uh, impacts that, that spark a thought and then kind of take you down a path because that's the way you perceive them. Do you find that that has gotten uh, quieter as you've gotten older or louder or there's been no change? I found that it's gotten louder. Hmm. I found that throughout my 20s, I didn't have a lot of creative outlets and I kind of lived a more self-destructive life through my 20s. So now that I'm in my 30s, I'm 35 now. And now that I'm in my 30s and I've settled down, all of that creativity from my 20s that didn't have anywhere to go has started to explode. Yeah. That that's really interesting that you have. I almost have the opposite experience that it was very loud when I was in my late teens and early 20s. And then I led that destructive lifestyle as well. You know, probably burnt many a brain cell. And I almost blame the substance use and abuse to quieting that voice and feeling that I've somehow damaged myself and damaged my creativity and my ability to uh, at times even think of a word and speak properly, let alone create some kind of cohesive art. Though I do feel I have stopped living a destructive lifestyle and I actually, I don't drink anymore at all, you know, and and that's, that's the way I want to live my life going forward. I feel it reawakening but it hasn't got back to that point by any means. And I still feel like there has been damage done. <laughs> so do you, do you fear that it won't get back to that point again? Or do you oh, have hopes that it will? No, I, of course I fear. I, I have, I'm terrified that I will never be as intelligent and creative uh, as I, as I once was. I, I almost feel, and, and this is, you know, it, it could have changed, it could have changed nothing, but I almost feel like if I would have led just a clean, lifestyle that I would have been much more productive, which that part is absolutely true. Um, but that I would have been able to accomplish more with my, with my creativity at this point. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I think that writing is one of those things where it's kind of a, you're kind of on a scale, like the scales of justice, one of those scales where you live your self-destructive lifestyle in your 20s and you destroy that creativity. And now that you're in your 30s, now that you're older, you're hoping to get some of that creativity back. But had you lived, you know, a chaste lifestyle throughout your 20s, would you have as much interesting stuff to talk about? Would you have that creativity coming back now as a force to be reckoned with? I don't know. You know, that... That's a fair point because I do think that, and I'm not going to get into like mind expansion and that kind of thing, but I do think that there, there is something to the fact that you, you need to have certain experiences and to awaken 
um, certain aspects of your mind or your, your ability to think differently. And so or kind of write what you know type of a situation. I, if I had created through that time, it certainly would have at least made the content different from, uh, from plot or, or again, if I had lived a very chaste life, would I be, you know, what would I write about? Uh, you know, I don't know that I want to sit down and write about like, an, not that I, not that I feel like I was an alcoholic, um, but I don't necessarily feel like I want to sit down and write about an alcoholic character or anything like that now, but would I even consider it if I hadn't ever had a drop of alcohol or I don't know. Yeah. It's just those life experiences that really make writing really make it what you need is those life experiences. I feel like, you know, it's funny though. I used to, uh, and not to get off topic here and just talk about alcohol, but I used to almost glorify people like Ernest Hemingway and other writers who are known to be alcoholics. And, you know, they would sit with a glass of the cheapest alcohol they could get because they were struggling artists and sit in front of a typewriter and just type all through the entire night, drunk out of their mind and create these masterpieces. And I used to think, well, I could do that. Um, But obviously as you go down that lifestyle, what I found is if I, if I'm drinking and getting to that point, again, my creativity goes the opposite direction. So I wonder what, I wonder what's different with people like that uh, and people more like me and what my experience was. Yeah. I, I was the same way going through my twenties. I thought I was a big fan of Charles Bukowski and I thought, Oh, you know, he, he drank all the time and he pumped out all of these amazing poems. I can do the same thing, much like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's just that spark that some people have that is a dangerous spark that they can live that life of drinking constantly or in Ernest Hemingway's case, you know, living in Cuba or wherever it was that he lived and just being drunk constantly and writing about fish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That he was just able to do that your average person can't. I mean, for every Ernest Hemingway, you have a hundred just dead alcoholic writers. Yeah. yeah not to bring okay. not to bring it down all of a sudden but no no you're you're absolutely right and i mean even think about you know like people like hunter s thompson who that's abused not only alcohol but all kinds of other drugs and things yes he wrote some pretty interesting and amazing works but he also then turned around and fizzled out and ended up killing himself because he couldn't handle life and his body started deteriorating and things like that. So I think if you also look at the alcoholic writers and those kind of things, they, they tend to die young if, if I'm thinking correctly about enough of them. But anyway, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's brighten this back up a little bit towards the <laughs> end here. <laughs> now that we've gone down to, this is supposed to be about happiness. And <laughs> so the last thing I wanted to ask you then is, do you think to be happy in writing, you need an audience? Do you need somebody to look at what's inside your head and say, wow, this is interesting? And do you need a large group of people to do that? Do you need some kind of recognition? And do you think that's part of why uh, you want to be a writer? That's a good question, actually. And it's something that I've been grappling with myself, whether I really need an audience to be happy. Because when I wrote poetry, because I used to write really bad poetry. Oh, yeah. I didn't need an audience for that. It was for me. And I would look back over it and I would think, you know, this is pretty good. I enjoy this. And it made me happy. Now, as far as writing goes, I feel like I do need an audience. Mm -hmm. And maybe not a huge audience, but I want that sort of feedback 
to show because I, now I'm not writing for myself. I'm writing for hopefully others. Yeah. 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 I've definitely got notebooks full of crappy poems that uh, certainly was almost a journal of, of types for myself. Um, and, and I, again, tried to go beyond that and tried to make things that I would, I would want other people to see. And I don't think it's necessarily because I want somebody to come along and say, Hey, what you're doing is awesome. Good job. Pat on the back. But there is obviously some kind of recognition that I'm looking for that I guess everyone wants to be special. So that's part of it, I suppose. But more than anything, I just, I just want to create something that somebody will look at and be like, wow, that's really neat. And I want to share it with other people. Yeah. I think it's similar to how maybe a chef, you know, you, you actually stops enjoying cooking at home because that's just for themselves, but they still love cooking in a restaurant because they can look out and see, you know, hundreds of people in a single day getting some kind of pleasure by something that they put out into the world. And that's what I'm hoping by writing. I mean, I'm probably putting the cart before the horse, but I'm really hoping to go into self-publishing once I get this book written and going on con circuits and stuff and trying to sell it. And just that whole lifestyle seems fun. I know people that do that and it seems enjoyable. And I think that that's my next step. Yeah. You know, and that's probably another aspect of it that I wasn't even thinking about that I can definitely relate to in a younger version of myself is if I was able to make a career out of writing, that that lifestyle is certainly, you know, I don't have to go and punch in and punch out at the same time, nine to five, Monday through Friday. I can create a lifestyle that's much more free and I'm much more in control of. Uh, I absolutely love that aspect. And, and to be able to tour and, and, and talk to people all around the country and maybe around the world, if, if you ever got that far, uh, is certainly something that was appealing to me, at least at one point in my life. Um, cool. All right. Well, Hey man, I think this is a good start. Um, again, what I like about this format is that we can be a little more conversational. I didn't do any research. I mean, not that with some of the other episodes, I did a ton of research, but I, I looked some stuff up and I at least have Wikipedia open. In front of me with nothing <laughs> else. So this is much more just a conversational off the cuff type of thing. And I like that. What I also like about it is that we can stop here for today. Um, and we can pick up with this conversation another day if we feel like we have more to say, or we can talk about some other things. We touch base on something that I definitely want to talk about, which is kind of the nerd culture and playing Magic the Gathering and that kind of stuff that we grew up in, in a time when it really hadn't become popular yet. It was, I think, on the cusp of becoming popular, but we really weren't there. Uh, so I kind of would like to get your point of view. I never, well, I'm going to save it for for that conversation. I'm going to stop right there, but like you to go ahead and talk a little bit maybe about dueling ogres and, and give your little, your little uh, pitch here, there, or your little plug here and uh, anything else you want to say about writing or anything else before we finish. Okay. So I do a podcast called dueling ogres. It's, you can find it at duelingogres.com. You can find it on iTunes, um, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find us. You can go to your Echo Dot, your Amazon thing, and tell it to play Dueling Ogres, and it will. It's pretty impressive. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, the first time I tried it, I was like, holy crap, I can listen to it? That's amazing. <laughs> so it's a podcast I do with my friend Remington where we basically talk about game culture, geek culture, nerd news, movies, and I discuss my mental health uh, weekly also. So it's a good time. It's worth checking out. It's not safe for work, so I will give you that heads up. There is some <laughs> cuss words in there, so be prepared for that. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I listen to Dueling Ogre all the time. Um, I, I definitely, I, I try to call in and, and leave you a voicemail here and there uh, and communicate with you guys on Facebook. And you, you guys are all over the place. So absolutely easy to find just by searching Dueling Ogres in any of those areas. So definitely encourage people to go and do that. And otherwise, man, thanks for the phone call today. I absolutely appreciate your time. And I'll try to maybe reach out to you again uh, later this week or next week if you're up for it. And we'll kind of keep the conversation going. Yeah, I would love to. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Until then, uh, be as happy as possible, man. And I will talk to you later. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. On that note, I'm going to throw on a a flannel shirt here and go sling some tapas.